You're a monster. You're a monster. Yeah, if, if you have a video and you send a video to someone, you're an absolute monster if it's 20 minutes or something like that. You are right. a monster. Previously on the H-Dog Pod. All right, Grant, so you're, you're all good for the notes for uh, episode 91, eh? Um, yeah, it looks, um, yeah, it looks all pretty straightforward. I mean, nice. I mean, really what, what could go wrong? Right. I mean, this has been the H dog. Okay. Nice. Okay. That is all done now. And I'll just, uh, ooh, what's this button? It's the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael Houndog Harrison. Hey, welcome to episode 92 of the H-Dog Pod, the Reggie White edition of the podcast. And welcome back to the H-Dog Pod. Thanks to those who've been patiently awaiting an episode. It's been so long since I've done one, and I'm excited to get back doing them after nearly five-month hiatus. That wasn't by choice, by the way. I have been absolutely tearing my hair out, brag, with issue after issue after issue with my podcast equipment. Long story short, this won't be a short story, but bear with me. Every time I recorded a pod, there would be a crackling sound about a minute into the recording, but I couldn't hear that unless I played it back. The first minute was totally fine, though, which made it all the more confusing. I thought maybe it was a defective plug, then my sound mixer, USB plug-in, my laptop, microphones, the program I was using, you name it. I got different things from Amazon that took so long to arrive from the States that it only delayed the process. I finally got all new equipment and then the problem persisted. It was driving me absolutely off the wall. Generous friends did their damnest to try to figure out what on earth was wrong for my former Going For Broke co-host Mike Duong, editor extraordinaire Grant Roberts as well, yet everyone was stumped. So I have to give a massive, massive thanks and shout out to my work colleague, Mike Stolarchuk. He's an engineer at TSN and thank the living heavens he figured it out. Despite me using three, three different sound mixers with different USB plugins, he was able to determine the issue arose from the bad USB plugin. It's all way above my understanding, but the problem is allegedly fixed, finally. To say this made zero sense is an understatement, but Mike's the man, and he got it fixed, I hope. So I'm pumped to be back doing podcasts. I told you that wouldn't be a short story, and believe me, that is the short version of it. Anyways, I'm back, baby. Since I've returned, I thought it was only fitting to have on the aforementioned editor extraordinaire Grant Roberts to discuss my frustrations about this and plenty other things, such as Toronto sports teams and other things that annoy me. So without further ado, let's get cracking. Okay, now welcome back on Grant Roberts, who's been on quite a few of these podcasts and of course makes me sound better by editing them together. We'll discuss the world of sports and perhaps even a few things that drive us nuts. Welcome back to the H-Dog Pod, Grant. Thanks, Hound Dog. Thanks for having me back on after a little bit of a long layoff. I know I'm not the sexiest pick to have after a bit of a layoff, but I appreciate you have me on nonetheless uh, well, did you i didn't very, hear your intro sexy. did you already explain to everyone what what's what's been going on yes exactly yeah i had a minute or whatever a minute and a half rant about how uh so dang frustrating uh 
you know, this whole thing has been, and we won't take up too much time to, for me to continue talking about that. But okay, un- unbelievably, enough. how how confounding, good word, was it that like this crackling sound, just just baffling, eh? You and I went th- through testing a bunch of times, and we couldn't figure it out. That's where our, our boy Storlachuk came to the rescue. So there you go. Yeah, well, like I said in the intro, Mike Storlachuk came up huge for us, and uh, just good guy, oh, great guy, and it's just amazing that like. Even with brand new equipment, uh, stuff was not working properly. And that, that's why it made me think, okay, it can't be this USB thing because it's a brand new sound mixer. I've tried three sound mixers, right? And they, all the same problem. So to yeah, try to it diagnose. It did not make sense at all. Oh, just so, so damn frustrating. But excited to be back doing podcasts. And I'm glad to have you uh, on, Grant. Uh, well, thanks. Glad to be here. Well, I guess the opposite of excited. Uh, perhaps you never know with this Blue Jays team. Let's, let's talk about them. You know, for like a five-day stretch, they're the talk of the town. They're incredible. And then all of a sudden they lose four games in a row or something like that. And it's just like they're so uh, baffling. I use that word again of a team to try to figure out. Like it's just so bizarre this season, eh? Well, that's just it. I, I can't I can't get into them. I could at the beginning of the year when they were, I think at one point they were 18 and 9 and the looks, everything looked like it was great. But it's hard to get into them when they're so inconsistent, right? Mm-hmm. They're so inconsistent. And then you think, okay, that's unfortunate with Manoa. Yeah, totally. Um, you know, whatever he is, one in seven, his ERA is above six. So you figure, okay, there's at least two other really good guys who can pick it up. And then Gossman goes out and just completely, his last start was terrible. And then you think, okay, well, there's always Bassett. And then what? He gave up like 11 hits in three innings. Yeah, and those other last starts, we're recording this uh, mid-June here, and uh, yeah, those games, <laughs> for those starters, very uncharacteristic based on uh, how they've been performing very, very well this year, but let's hope yeah. they don't uh, turn into Manoa. I, I don't think they will, but uh, my goodness, uh, those were bad starts. Yeah, I mean, do we have to rely on Barrios and Kikuchi now? That That's a little scary. I mean, they have good records, technically. I mean, Brio's 6-4, and four, Kikuchi's 6-2, and two, and their ERA's around 3 or 4 or something like that. That's, it's not bad. Way way better compared to last year. Absolutely. But the bullpen is inconsistent. Um, like, Adam Simber has been just terrible this year. Same with Jimmy Garcia. He's my new pitcher who I'm hating on this year. Mm-hmm. Last year was uh, Kikuchi, and the year before it was Ryu. Yeah, this year it's Garcia. They've had some bad, uh, bad outings for sure. No, the, the fact that you, of course, mentioned Barrios and Kikuchi last year were obviously very, very bad, and they've, uh, you know, they've, they've basically turned it around all the way this year. So that gives me a little bit of hope, especially specific to Alec Manoa, who came into the year. I think he was what third in AL Cy Young voting last year, or definitely yep. top five anyway. And yep. uh, certainly has just been absolutely atrocious. And you know, they sent him to a league I'd never even heard of in Florida, the single uh, uh, complex, and hopefully he can figure it out. I do have confidence in the organization to, you know, uh, be able to figure it out, especially because they made Robbie Ray and uh, who was the other pitcher that came, the other pitcher that came from the Mets, that uh, lefty, uh, Stephen Matz. They, they sort of uh, look like they were sort of at a career crossroads, and then, and then they gave them or were able to do so well that they got a free agent contract. So I do think they'll be able to figure this out, but uh, especially in a loaded AL East, and in particular how – horrendous Toronto's been against that division. There's no room for error, and uh, it's it's quite frustrating. No, exactly. And they're playing Baltimore, well, at the time we record that, this week. And it's another AL East opponent that they lost to in the first game. 
Yeah, it's uh, but again, like I said, uh, when we first talked about the Blue Jays here, they might go on a stretch. They're capable of easily going on a stretch of winning like five games in a row, and all of a sudden everything is okay again. So I understand it's a long uh, season, but uh, definitely uh, sort of perplexing, and can't really figure them out at all. Can't put a, a finger on them, and uh, you know, obviously, uh, I didn't mean to segue it to myself here, but uh, perplexing decisions galore with this organization uh the anthony bass situation just how horribly of a pr and how horribly did they uh you know treat the situation it was just unbelievably terrible there's better ways of doing it that's for sure and the fact that i mean i didn't really follow along i know that what he posted but i didn't follow along if the jays had asked him to take it down and then he did and then he decided no you know what screw you i'm gonna put it back up and then he took it down again right but I get it. Everyone has an opinion. But if you if your opinion is to take away rights and freedoms and enjoyment that you are afforded, mm-hmm. then you should that's just everyone knows that's wrong and he should have known that. Just just include everyone. Just include everyone. Mm-hmm. So that's not but, that's not that hard, is it? It's not, but considering like now look, he's 35 years old, his numbers are crap. The Jays aren't going to miss him. If you're Anthony Bass, just keep it to yourself and don't buy the products that you don't like supporting these rights. You don't have to, this day and age, I don't know, I don't understand what he's thinking. And I don't, and the Jays didn't do a great job of taking care of it either. No, it's definitely grandstanding, uh, you know, to basically put yourself out there, which which is what he did. And it's just so, it just doesn't make any sense. And yeah, this, uh, but... And, of course, he came on sort of the – this is uh, nothing to do with his – for those who don't know, uh, basically he posted a video uh, uh, promoting uh, hatred toward uh, Pride Week. Uh, but then the Blue Jays were going to have him throw out the first – or sort of catch the first pitch at Pride Night, which obviously was like hey, – That, that, that is felt just, forced. <laughs> that felt a little forced. Yeah, but he even before all this, a few months earlier, he posted um, – you know, he's really upset on Twitter, and he thought for sure everyone was going to agree with him. Of course, they all said, you're an idiot. Was that um, the airplane incident? Airplane incident with his kids with the popcorn and basically saying the airline should be picking it up as opposed to them. And and I I love when people post stuff online and they uh, essentially like uh, think that they're the ones who are the smartest person. That's exactly what I think about Anthony Bass. There's always that guy who who thinks they're the smartest uh, person in the room. And I think he's that type of person. Because I remember seeing a a TikTok video recently where uh, this woman – Essentially was saying like I was on a date with this guy, a first date with him, and uh, he uh, refused to get a, a slice of cheese because the cheese was like was like five dollars or four dollars or something. And right. she posted this thinking everyone would agree with her, but it turned out absolutely everyone was totally against her, which was absolutely amazing. So so funny. And uh, so yeah, so that was the thing uh, with the the airline with Anthony Bass. But then, of course, yeah, fast forward to these comments that he made. Uh, oh, sorry, the videos that he posted. And then didn't speak uh, – his apology was like, oh, I'm going to make this short. No one who and ever I'm not apologizes. Ta- and I'm not taking any questions. Yeah, if you're going to make an apology, you don't say at the start. But again, he probably has thinks in his mind he has to be the smartest guy in the room. Fast forward a week, he does take questions, steps in it even more. It's even more ludicrous what he's doing. Here's my only thought about why the Blue Jays sort of kept him around for that week and sort of were like trying to maybe sort of support him. I wonder if there's some sort of like lawyer – speak essentially uh, where you know lawyeries legally sorry uh where uh they had a 
try to get rid of him based on performance as opposed to like if they terminated his contract right away after he posted that video i'm wondering if he could have gotten a lawyer and basically said this is wrongful termination of employment blah 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 so they're trying to go through hoops the legal process da 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 for about a week or two and then they finally were able to be like you know what okay good we can get rid of him and uh the legal loopholes have been closed i wonder if that was part of the reason that that's you're probably right. I mean, that probably has something to do with it. I mean, they couldn't pitch him again anyway. Look, the one time he went out since that happened, the, his own his own crowd booed him. Yep, as they should have been. It, it, man, it just definitely bungled. The way they handled it was super poor, of course. Uh, but I, I do wonder if that's some sort of legal stuff was part of that. I'm not ent- entirely sure. But let's yeah, hope and, uh, as a fan base they can get on a bit of a roll here. Yeah, and you know what's kind of lost in that too, Hound Dog, is that Bass, one of the one of the three pitchers that the Jays picked up at last year's trade deadline. Mm-hmm. Like all those pitchers have terrible numbers this year. Like Mitch White, I know he just came back, but he's barely pitched an inning. His ERA is already 10. Bass's ERA was almost five. And um, who was the other kid? Oh, Zach Pop. His ERA is like six and a half. Yeah, he had a couple bad outings. And uh, it does not. I think he got injured as well. Yeah. Hard to figure already out. 10 or 10 games or so back. And I, I, they can. They they did it two years ago. They made a hell of a run after the trade deadline to get to make just miss out by a game. But yeah, we'll see how, how things pan out. There's obviously lots of time still, and they uh, and they're not too far behind in the uh, wild card race. Now uh, we were talking actually a couple of days ago at work. Uh, you uh, had a what was it a jersey or a a, 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 a former Blue Jay who I didn't even know they had back in the day. Oh, about Milky Wilson. I never so, knew. I never realized he was a Blue Jay. Yeah. So a lot of people. You know, I remember Mookie Wilson, especially with the with the Mets. I think Mookie Wilson was the one who hit the ball behind Buckner, Bill Buckner, at exactly. first. So that's behind I, the bag. That's that's exactly what I thought of uh, Mookie Wilson. It was only as a Met. I never, even, yeah, like I said, I didn't realize he was a Blue Jay. Yeah. So okay. So fast forward a few years. Um, my uncle, my uncle Steve, had given me. It's one of the first ones that I can remember. Anyway, a, an authentic Detroit Tiger ball cap. Um, no, obviously I'm still a Blue Jay fan, but I was just, I love the look of it. It was the, you know the dark blue with the white D on the front, and I wore that thing everywhere. It was awesome. That trade deadline of 1989, Mookie Wilson got traded to the Jays from the Mets for it was like Jeff Musselman and a couple other or maybe a minor league pitcher or something like that. So we're in when I say we, my best friend and I, Paul and I, we're. For some reason, it was like the Monday before the Detroit series. Like the Jays had the day off, I think. And we're at the Eaton Center walking around. And I'm walking down the, the stairs and I look and I see this guy. And I said to my friend Paul, I said, I think that's Mookie Wilson just walking around with his family. So I just walk right up to him and go, hey, you're Mookie Wilson. He just kind of goes, yes, I am. I went, oh, okay, cool. Uh, um, well, uh, you know, good luck tomorrow. And he goes, thanks. And he looks at me and he looks at my hat and he goes, get a better hat. <laughs> and I completely forgot I was wearing a Detroit Tigers hat and they were coming into town the next night. Oh, no, definitely. It was like, oh, oh I felt you. so small. I felt so small. <laughs> he definitely, Mookie Wilson, absolutely hates you. And he probably still remembers that exact encounter and uh, talks about it all the time. Yeah, he's like, you're the Detroit Tiger hat guy from 1989. <laughs> that's so funny wow yeah that's uh, are you um how are you do you know jay's trivia well or no 
Uh, I hopefully I, I definitely would obviously know Seahawks trivia certainly a lot better. Uh, I might be okay with Jay's trivia. He okay, fire tell you what, my way and see see how it goes. I'll ask you a couple of questions if you don't mind. And, if and I, then uh, if to I be don't fair, them, if I don't know I'll the answers, I'll, we'll just cut this whole thing out. <laughs> yeah, nice. To be fair, I'll follow it up with Seahawks questions. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Okay. Um, let's see. What would you happen to know? Okay, I'm talking like this is going to be for a season. Who has a record for a season, like a franchise record? Okay. Right. Okay, so who would have the the highest average for a season? I mean, you'd certainly think it'd be John Olerud, probably. You are correct. Okay, good. Okay, I thought, I thought maybe that you, was a trick question. <laughs> no, he has led the league in 1993 with the unbelievable 363 average. Incredible. Okay, who would you think would have the record for most hits in a year? Most hits in a year. Hmm. Um, okay, I'm going to go a little bit off the board. Potentially, this might be a really stupid answer, but I'm going to go with Shannon Stewart. Oh, interesting, but wrong. Oh, <laughs> Vernon Wells. Oh, really? So it's kind of funny. Like, I think a lot of Jays fans, he was sort of maligned in Toronto a little bit, right? Like, oh, this guy, you know, he sort of represented the, an era of Blue Jays baseball that didn't get to the playoffs at all. The Gord Ash years. Yeah, he had, he had 215. Wow. That's a lot. Uh, Vernon Wells, also the name of an Australian actor who appeared in Mad Max 2, Weird Science, and Commando with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Arnold. I just thought I'd throw that in there. <laughs> you obviously know who most home runs are. It's Batista. Oh, yeah. Who would you think would have the most road home runs in a year? Oh, my. Uh, oh, jeez. Uh, Edwin Encarnacion. <clears throat> no. Oh, boy. This is not good podcasting. Me being the podcast stats guy host, uh, being terrible at trivia. It's okay. These are old, older <laughs> players. That I don't. This is why you're going to follow it up with Seahawks questions. Yeah, the answer is George Bell. George Bell. Okay. Yeah. It's obviously a little bit before my time. Uh, clearly, I know him. Obviously, but uh, yes, yeah, so was that I guess uh, in the late '80s? Yeah. Okay. I'll give you one more. Do you want to answer most RBIs or lowest starting pitcher ERA? Uh, let's go with uh, lowest starting pitcher ERA. Okay, who would that be? Roger Clemens. Yes. There we go. Few. Nineteen ninety-seven, two oh five ERA. Man, that's so good. That's Especially scary. that era. That era was yeah. insane. Okay, so I promise I'm going to follow it up with some Seahawks trivia. Hound Dogs, beloved Seattle Seahawks. Who, who, by the way, had another dra- outstanding draft. Two straight drafts. Uh, of course, if these players hit, uh, they had four picks in the first two rounds. If these guys actually ended up being uh, very good, this team could all completely flip and be- being actual contender again, which would be amazing. Yeah. They're, okay. So you obviously know what year the Seahawks came into the league. 76? Or 77? No, I think they were, they were established in 76 and they started in 77. Please tell me I'm not wrong. I actually don't know. I just thought you oh, knew. Okay, yeah, yeah no, I th- I'm pretty sure I'm right on that. Yep. Okay, here's a quick one. What is their all-time playoff record? Oh, my God. Well, I mean, for uh, certainly when I first got into the Seahawks, they hadn't, in the 90s, they hadn't made, I think the, the, one of the, they only made the playoffs once in the 90s, which was uh, 1999 with John Kitna as the quarterback. They right. lost the game. Uh, so, thankfully, uh, since I got into them, they've been made, made the playoffs most of the time, most years, uh, in terms of their playoff record. Holy. Uh, holy. Uh, That's a tough question. I I should have just told you. What, what is that? I'm going to say it's 14 and, or something like that. And like you're close. It's 20. 17 and 19. Oh, okay. I was going to say 14 and 20. So, there we go. Not bad. Okay. Who's their all-time rushing leader? 
Sean Alexander? Yes. Who is our all-time receiving leader? Uh, Steve Largent? Yes. I knew you'd get these. Most career tackles? Tackles. Um, it might actually be a... Well, let's, yeah, let's go with Bobby Wagner. Yes. Very good. Very good. I knew you'd wow. get these. I, I, was, I mean, I was fairly confident. I'm certainly more confident in Seahawks trivia than Blue Jays, but I, I was really worried that uh, all of a sudden it'd be like, you're, not, you're a fake fan, man, you know? <laughs> Most rushing yards, rookie season. Rookie season. Uh, I'm going to say maybe uh, Curtis Warren. Oh, my God. Hound dog. Five for five or however many I gave you. Wow. I swear we did not uh, do these questions beforehand. No. I swear no, to God. I, I told you. I said, I'm going to give you some questions, but I'm not going to tell you what they are. Okay. So I passed the test. Good for you. I'm truly a Seahawks fan. Okay. There we go. Yep. Boom. Yep. Nice. Uh, this is a true story. I've not. I, but i be honest with you. If you gave me Leafs trivia, I would probably not know all of them either. And I'm a pretty big Leafs fan. Right. Well, certainly many more years as well for them. Uh, this is a true story. I have not missed a Seattle Seahawks game uh, in uh, since 2003. Uh, first year of college, uh, I finally was able to get the NFL package uh, and I, I, 2004 there. And I watched, I've literally watched every single game uh, of them ever since. Yeah, that is the correct use of the word literally. I appreciate that. <laughs> Uh, and that's that's amazing to hear. Really, that's that you've seen every game. That's that's yeah. That's, uh, that's pretty amazing, actually. Dedication and uh, even the even the couple lean years there. The people forget the the year between Mike Holmgren and Pete, Pete Carroll uh, uh, coming on board uh, was Jim Mora Jr. for one year. It was an abysmal season, absolutely a wretched season. That's what uh, that's why they eventually brought in Pete Carroll. Yes, I've watched them all. There are some bad, bad teams in there as well, but obviously some really, really awesome teams. And uh, uh, all things considered, being a Leaf fan and a, and a Blue Jays fan, uh, not uh, especially because I was sort of too young to fully appreciate their World Series titles, uh, to have a team like Seattle who's won a Super Bowl, been to three of them in my lifetime, certainly uh, a much more uh, <laughs> fortunate to be able to be a fan of theirs. Um, yeah, and of course you mentioned you're a huge, huge Leaf fan. So let's let's uh, let's talk about some Leafs here. Uh, obviously, another disappointing season. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the Florida Panthers just lost the Cup final to the Vegas Golden Knights, and it was like, oh yeah, Sam Bennett injured himself against the Leafs. All these players, these big name players, were like Aaron Eplad, and uh, uh, they're very much injured in the first round against Boston, and yet Toronto still lost in five to Florida. Uh, what do you think about the state of the Leafs? You know what's funny, Hound Dog, as an aside, my, my youngest son, Andrew, texted me today. He said that the Leafs' last four seasons, they've lost to the team that has lost in the Stanley Cup. Oh, yeah, I saw that tweet the other day. It was just like, oh, man, that's, that's pretty crazy that the team they lose to goes all the way to the final, but then uh, loses. It's, it's pretty yeah. wild. I don't know. I mean, I, were you like me with tree living? I wasn't excited about that. Were you excited? No. I, I, mean, I was just like, sort of I was just whelmed. Is that what you like saying? Just <laughs> whelmed. I like that. That's very good. Yes, yeah, that's a perfect usage of that. Very, very much whelmed. Uh, yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. I wasn't super gruntled about that. I mean, he was. So he was with Calgary for what nine years? I believe they so, never yeah. got past the second round. So nothing's exciting there. He went through like five coaches, including Bill Peters, who wasn't properly vetted regarding the Akeem Malu accusations. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right, but on the other side of the coaching stuff, two of his coaches won. Jack Adams, like Hartley and Sutter won Jack Adams. 
and certainly uh, had a team where it was tough to, I would suspect, tough to lure free agents or keep the free agents, of course. Of well, probably. I mean, Johnny Goudreau leaving and then Matthew Kachuk saying he was going to leave as well, so he traded him. Uh, definitely, yeah. definitely some challenges in that market for sure. I don't get that. Like, I've heard some people use the narrative like, yeah, he, he, he can make the big trade. He had to make the big trade. He had no choice with Kachuk. It's not like, you know what, I'm just going to shake this team up and trade him. He had to, he had to trade him. Absolutely. Because obviously losing uh, Goudreau, uh, you know, uh, for nothing, they didn't want to have that situation happen again. So yeah. that made sense. And, you know, and no one was saying like that trade at the time. No one was like, this trade is brutal for Calgary. Like, everyone, oh, Huberto, Huberto and uh, Mackenzie Weger, like pretty darn good trade. So uh, yeah. it, it's it's tough. I don't hate the uh, hiring of Brad Tree Living, but uh, kind of strange. I think uh, Kyle Dubas, like, you know, of course, he has that famous press conference where I'm not going to be going anywhere unless I'm in Toronto next year. Of course, now he's the Penguins president. Um, Who just hired Jason Spezza as his assistant GM. Just, uh, yeah, I love Spezza for absolutely. He's, he's a beauty. Uh, but I think, uh, I honestly think there was a power struggle that was going on there in Toronto where uh, Dubas was trying to go above Brandon Shanahan and say to like, the Maple MLSC brass, like, I want, uh, I want it. I want to be the president. And Brendan Shanahan caught, weren't, caught wind of that and was like, yeah, screw this guy. You're gone. That's probably sort of what happened because it definitely felt really uh, bizarre, the ending of his tenure there in Toronto. Also bizarre to me how so many Leaf fans, and I'll admit I kind of like Dubas, but like they're like, oh, like so, so um, loyal to this guy. And you'd think based on the, uh, the playoff record, it'd be like, no, this guy has to go. But for whatever reason, after he got uh, essentially fired, everyone was like, oh, this is the worst day, like the dark day in Leaf history. It's like, wait, hold on. But he – like. Why, why is everyone so loving uh, Kyle Dubas? It's kind of weird to me. I thought he had a great trade deadline this year. Yeah, absolutely. He, it, I mean, I've, I've seen better. I've seen worse, but I thought it was okay. Definitely. And, and at, 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 uh, obviously, at some point, the players have to play. And, you know, I, I don't, at least for the last few years anyway, I, I, uh, until, of course, we've come to realize that maybe Mitch Marner and Matthews and all these players aren't great. Uh, Tavares, Nylander, the core four aren't superb in the playoffs together. Like, if you were to bet on those four guys five years ago, you would say, yeah, that's that's a great bet to be making. So I understand, like, you sort of, and of course, five years later after that, it's like, well, these guys aren't, you know, don't gel and, and win in the playoffs. So it's a fresh, well, those, are, those are good enough players in theory to be betting on. He could still use Keith as the head coach. He can use him as insurance, right? Like, if the season goes well, great. Um, that happened with... Uh, Tree living, he inherited um, Hartley, and then Hartley won the Jack Adams. But but if it does, if it's not going great, and you're saying they're not gelling, then you can fire him. Then you bring in your own coach. Which uh, to me, uh, I'll, I'll throw out a name here. Uh, to be honest, actually, I wouldn't even mind if this guy was the head coach uh, for Game One next year. Uh, Keith, obviously, I, I, I can't say. I, it's sort of almost a little bit like Charlie Montoya, uh, former manager of the Blue Jays. I didn't really have a strong opinion either way after many years. It's kind of weird. It's like I don't uh, – certainly don't – I can't. it's not like I can't stand the guy, but I certainly don't love the guy either. And that's sort of the way I am with uh, Sheldon Keefe on that. And uh, so the guy who just won a Memorial Cup with a Quebec Rampart, I've always wanted him to get uh, back into the NHL as, as a head coach. Patrick Waugh, how awesome would that be in Toronto – uh, and, you know, and to really stick to Montreal yet again, because, well, hopefully, uh, after <laughs> yeah. they uh, unceremoniously, uh, you know, basically had to trade him years ago. Well, I don't know. I mean, so he lasted, what, he did three years with Colorado, but he quit, right? He quit because he, he felt he had no input into the decisions with the brass, right? 
I believe that's what it was, yeah. And I uh, still, of course, remember that first, very first game with uh, him going after Bruce Boudreaux. And <laughs> that's they almost hilarious. Had a, uh, almost had a fight uh, with the yeah. panes of glass, like being almost <laughs> broken down. First game, I was like, this guy's amazing, and I just want Patrick Waugh back. He could be a guy who could fire up the troops maybe a little bit for Toronto. I, I would love that hiring. Okay, so he had a great first year. He won like 52 games. The next year, he only had 90 points. The year after that, he only had like 82 points. He's won no playoffs. I don't. It's a great name, but I don't, I don't see anything there really yet. I mean, certainly that's a, it is a sexy name without question. And, and yeah. uh, you know, Craig Button on TSN was was saying, "Hey, look, if your team wants to win the Stanley Cup, I believe Patrick Waugh is ready for that right now." Like, you know, after you know cutting his teeth with with Quebec with Rampart, winning the Memorial Cup with them, I think it was two thousand six. And yeah. of course, having a couple of years as coach in the NHL, maybe he can learn and grow from those mistakes. Uh, you know, things that he maybe could do better. Uh, perhaps, and then of course, uh, like I said, mentioned uh, him winning uh, another Memorial Cup here recently. So, um, I just, I, I just, I would hate to think going into next year, status quo, core four together, same coach, you know, piddling around, you know, a little, you know, nibbling around the roster with like uh, third liners and fourth liners and sixth defensemen and stuff. Like, I'm not saying they absolutely can't win the cup for sure with this group. But you've been trying. You've been smashing your head against the wall for like five years with this group. Uh, you know, uh, and the, the the number one thing to me, I couldn't stand with she- Sheldon Keefe, is he did he re- he refused to split up Matthews and Marner for some reason in the regular season. They're really good together. Come the playoffs, year after year, they haven't been good together. So why aren't you splitting them up? Give it a try at least. I'm not saying it's going to work, but it's not working as presently constructed. Yet he kept uh, sticking them together, and uh, so that's why with Keefe. I'd rather him gone, to be honest. Would you, and I'm only asking you because I don't know how to really value trades properly, would you trade Nylander for Hellebuck? No, because you're going to have to sign Hellebuck to an extension anyway, just like you are with Nylander, and it's been proven the last few years here in the NHL, you don't really need an elite-level goaltender to a Darcy Kemper won the cup, Aiden Hill won the cup. Like, you don't need a, a massive, huge, exorbitant, good word, contract for a goaltender. I like Hellebuck, right. of course. I love Hellebuck. He's a great goaltender, but uh, I just don't see... Uh, in terms of like, obviously, yes, I would like I would like Hellebuck, but I just don't see uh, the need for goalie. To me, the, the, the this team needs a bit more jam on defense, and uh, you know, bringing in another huge contract just seems sort of counterproductive to me. So let's talk of the ten unrestricted free agents that are going to possibly hit the market. Let's let's pick the top five and see. I'll I'll ask you if you think they'll be there next year. Okay, Justin Hall, gone. Yeah, because the Leafs already have like four defense defensemen that can play the right side, right? And he's just sort of, uh, yeah, he's not he's not exactly a, a stud muffin. Let's uh, let's put it that way. Yeah, Bunting, gone, way yeah, gone. Gonna be some someone's gonna be uh, offering a too high of a contract for him probably. Uh, so yeah, it's just like Hyman's, just like McKayev. See you later. Yeah, Kerfoot. Uh, I wouldn't mind him back on the right with the right price, like something like. You know, two and a half million, realistically, something along those lines. I'd be close fine to with his, that. Yeah, close to his current salary. I mean, he's really good on the PK. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind that. Uh, I would say uh, bring him back. Okay, Camp. Oh, definitely. If I had to pick the two, one of the two, I would say Camp over uh, over him because of his penalty kill prowess and uh, you know uh, r- roughly the same amount of points. I think a little bit less, uh, certainly uh, likelihood than uh, Kerfoot on that. But to me, Dave, I would rather David Camp myself over uh, Kerfoot. So his salary is like one point five million. Could he get like on the open market? Do you think he could get like twice that? 
Uh, I could see, like, because of his uh, offensive production is fairly limited, uh, I would suspect, like, I can't imagine he would get $3 million, but maybe there might be a team, and obviously there's a lot of teams, there could be one that sort of is desperate for that and uh, thinks that maybe you know, a really good defensive forward in the playoffs can put him over the top. It's possible. Right, right. Okay, um, Ryan O'Reilly. That's definitely, of course, someone who I'd love to, love to see come back, absolutely, and seems like, from all accounts, you know, being a Leaf fan growing up, uh, that that's a guy I would love to have back again. Though, like I wouldn't want to be pushing too much yeah. uh, money to, toward uh, toward him, but certainly I'd love to have him back. Yeah, I guess I I always felt like he'll be back. It's fifty fifty, definitely. Yeah, so it's uh it, with Leafs here. It's it, there's no easy answer. I mean, who at least two years ago, Florida Panthers were the President's Trophy winners, and they bowed out, getting swept in the second round of Tampa Bay, and they squeaked into the playoffs this year basically on the last day, and they went all, all the way to the cup final. So it's a very difficult sport to predict in terms of sort of, you know, somehow just get in the tournament and you can go all the way. And then, and then other teams just can't seem to get over that hump, obviously Toronto included. So I was coming back from Ottawa with my son after uh, helping him move, and we were listening to it in the car when Tavares scored the overtime goal against mm-hmm. Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. And my poor wife was sleeping in the back, and we scared the crap out of her when we both yelled. When, <laughs> yeah. we, when we realized that Joe Bowen is calling a Leafs goal, not a Tampa Bay goal. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, pretty amazing. I remember I, I posted a, a video on uh, all my social medias, at Hound Dog Harrison, by the way, brag. Uh, yeah. the, I'm being going crazy with the Leafs finally getting over the hump to win the first round of the playoffs. Oh, maybe this is finally the year, even though in the back of my head I, people were, oh, this is the year. Uh, no, it's a, it's a Toronto Maple Leaf team. I don't ever, a true Maple Leaf fan expects them to screw it up at every turn, a true fan. And unfortunately they did. But yeah, I definitely posted that uh, on the social medias. And uh, yeah, it was a pretty, at least for that point, a pretty amazing moment. Uh, that's for sure. Yeah, that's just one of those moments, like you always remember where you are. And I was just, we were just about hitting Napanee when, uh, when uh, he, uh, the Leafs scored. And it's so funny. Like other fan bases would be like, okay, cool. Like we won one round. Awesome. But the Leafs, that was literally was, the, well, I shouldn't say it, it wasn't actually literally, uh, the Maple Leafs Stanley Cup, essentially, uh, winning that uh, first round. It was uh, amazing. Uh, well, speaking of other uh, playoffs, decent segue. There was a uh, previously <laughs> just ended. We were tape recording between the finish in the Canadian Open and now the U.S. Open is going to start here in a couple days. Uh, I'm picking a couple of my picks for all bets power off that I do on my social media as well. A couple nice of my guys, you like that? You like that? I'm picking uh, <laughs> Victor Hovland, uh, Terrell Hatton, Justin Thomas, and uh, Sam Burns, and my long shot is Cam Davis. But um, That's exactly who I picked. Well, of course, Cam Davis, 210 to 1 odds. Crazy. But yeah, Nick Taylor. I, I, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Nick Taylor, Canadian. Uh, wins the RBC Canadian Open in a playoff. Uh, just amazing theater on the fourth playoff hole. Uh, 69 years before a uh, since a Canadian had won that tournament. Uh, Were you at work when that happened? No, I was watching it at home, uh, but oh, I was great. working. But uh, won a lot of coin on that, almost $800. My second highest bet I've ever uh, money I've ever won on a golf bet, nice. which is amazing. Uh, and so you, I know you're not a huge golf fan. So were you watching that? Like, uh, were you enthralled, or was it just like a who cares about golf type thing? So this is a kind of a cool story. So Sunday night, I have, uh, I was, I had a doubleheader of ball. My slow pitch team. Uh, we had games at uh, eight and nine thirty. My mom had asked me to come by my parents' place to drop off an electric air pump. She needed a little footstool that needed to be blown up that she had bought. And I got there and helped out with that. And I sat down and talked for five minutes just as um, Nick Taylor's stepping up to make 
the really, really long putt. And and I'm no word of a lie, Hound Eye. You can, I can give you my parents' number. You can cold call them to ask them what I said. Right <laughs> before he hits it, I said to my parents, wouldn't that be just cool if he just holds it out now and wins the whole thing? <laughs> and, then, and then he hits it. It goes up and it's going. And it looks, you can tell it's going, it's going, it's going. And then I stand up going, oh, my God. Left the flag stick in with the maple leaf flag. Good pace. Are you serious? My goodness! Glorious and free! And then it goes in, and my mom's like basically got tears in her eyes because she's so happy to see that and stuff like that. So it's, it was kind of a cool moment to share with my parents uh, to see that. It's, yeah, it was, uh, you know, just incredible theater to actually be able to get it done and uh yeah massive eagle putt the longest putt he's ever made in his entire career yeah to win uh, the tournament uh just just amazing like just so cool to be able to see that and uh you know poor there's Tommy gotta Fleetwood. be a, st- a stat somewhere longest walk-off putts well i was trying to think because i've been watching golf for uh, just about 25 years now which is crazy to think how time uh, has gone so quickly but i'm trying to remember a, a better ending and i'm sure there definitely has been but uh yeah, it's 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 certainly one of the greatest moments I've rec- can recall seeing to end a golf tournament. That's for sure, oh, yeah. and uh, just amazing. And, and yeah, the U- U.S. Open this week, a lot of tur- and a per- sort of good way to end the week because at the start of that week, you actually uh, broke the news to me. I was sleeping. I woke up on the Tuesday, and you said, "By the way, the PGA Tour and Live Golf have merged." And I was like, oh, "Excuse yeah. me, like what? <laughs> what is going on?" And that, that I just can't believe that. I always have figured it would eventually happen. It makes the most sense for everybody. I'm just so amazed it happened so quickly. Yeah, that was a Tuesday morning. I was uh, with golf enthusiast at work, producer Jamie Rydell. He was producing the show, and he just said it over headset. He goes, oh, my God, and he said it. And right away I texted you because I figure you're probably not up yet. <laughs> no. Nope. So at least you'll have the text when you wake up. And No, to be honest with you, I don't fully understand it. Like the guys who left PGA get, get their ton of money to play on live. Now, so they get to keep that and play in the PGA too? Does that mean like the PGA players who didn't leave are like, oh, shit. I mean, I could have done this the whole time. So I don't know if you did that on purpose, but uh, I was just about to get to things that annoy uh, annoy us. That'll be the next topic on this podcast, and you've already just uh, done one already. Uh, the when everyone says PGA all the time, oh, you know the PGA, the PGA player. It's the PGA Tour players. It is not the PGA. It's the PGA Tour players. There's a huge difference. Now that's the rant I was going to go on. It's basically the way I can compare it. Like the PGA is the head organization, like the NHL or the or the NFL. The PGA Tour is an organization within it, so it's like you know the Maple Leafs or the Seahawks or something like that. So that's the best way I can equate it. It doesn't matter. I'm cutting this all out. Why are you cutting this all out? <laughs> I'm no, just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I that, didn't. Okay, you're right. I didn't know that. So that's how much I don't know about golf. No, no, no. But it's not. It's not just you. Everybody says that. Everyone oh, okay. says the PGA. That's why it drives me crazy. Everybody says the PGA. It's not. It's the PGA Tour, and it's a humongous difference because the PGA Tour players are the ones that that that's going to happen. With the PGA are the ones that the governing body, just like the United States Golf Association and the Royal and Ancient. They're the ones that run the uh, the majors. That's why you were still able to see live players play these majors because. It has right. nothing to do with the PGA Tour, totally separate entity. Um, but yeah, so also this merger isn't PGA Tour Live merger. It's the PGA Tour and the Player Impact uh, uh, Player Impact Fund, which are the Saudi backed, and they're the, they're the ones that back the Live Tour. So it's a, a little bit of a difference. Okay. And the, but the details are very very scant at this point. No one really knows anything. It, it basically got leaked. 
that they weren't even planning to announce this thing for a long time, but I guess they started to realize things were about to get leaked, so they, they had to get ahead of the story. But from what it sounds like, the, P, uh, the players who left for Live are going to have to pay a penalty or pay back the amount of money that they would have made on Live if they want to get back to the PGA Tour and play those events. Oh, I have a, a call from Tony Rosenberg here, but I will not answer that. A previous podcast guest. Uh, He's probably want, he want, probably wants to know about Live too. Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, obviously, right? Uh, but no, uh, yeah, we'll continue the podcast here. But so yeah, it's it, the Live. Uh, it's it's not a live PGA tour or a live PGA merger. It's a PGA tour and a uh, player impact uh, uh, player impact fund uh, merger. And the, the details on this are very confusing. No one actually knows what's going to go on with all this. So it's very much up in the air for sure. Okay, so speaking, so that's an expression you don't like. I I just heard one the other night. I can't believe broadcasters still do this. Sure. They said, I heard, you know, ironically, he hit a home run on this date exactly one year ago. Like, there's no irony in that. It's right. just coincidence. Right, of course. Yeah, no irony uh, whatsoever. It's like, ironically, he also wore number 72 with his minor league team. Again, you're using that wrong. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's very, very true. Or when, when people say, yeah, the optics don't look good. Like, it's not, optics are implied yeah, you see, you just say the optics aren't good, or like the bad, that, that's bad optics, I guess. Yeah, I, I, hadn't, I hadn't thought of that one before. That makes uh, a lot of sense. It's sort of like uh, the Department of Redundancy Department, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, here's another one revert back. That's true. Yeah, yeah. You hear that all the time. Yeah, the, the pitchers reverted back to, you know, I'm like, it's just reverted. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. And a couple, I think I've. Speaking of ones that are annoying me as well, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like I've said uh, on, uh, on these podcasts before, but there's a few that always uh, just drive me nuts. The don't take it personal as opposed to don't take it personally. I hear, that, ever since you told me that, I hear that all the time, and I, I, I add an L-Y to someone else's sentence if I'm watching TV or anything. I'm like, no, it should be personally. Yep, or uh, real good. I mean, that, that one's just been done forever. Everyone's just, except, you know, uh, basically thinks that is correct, but no, it's actually really good. But everyone says real good nowadays, so it's just yep. basically accepted as being correct. Uh, and then a couple of um, sports-related ones that uh, just absolutely grind my gears. And I know I've ranted about this one on the podcast before. Uh, teams that are not down 0-3, they are down 3-0. If they yes. were down 0-3, they'd be winning then, right? Because it's a double negative. They're yep. down, and so I used to always think uh, people would only say they would never only they would only say it if it was uh, a, a zero for a team, right? It would never be down 1-3. But now I'm starting to notice people are down, saying down 1-3, and uh, even within games, they're like, yeah, they lost 5-7. No, they lost 7-5. And then so the Nuggets won the NBA title the other night. And it said, oh, yeah, the Heat lost the NBA Finals 1-4. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Now we're getting into that. No, you lost 4-1. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> it's, it should be. It's, it's not but now that Now, some people just don't know. My, my, uh, again, my youngest son, Andrew, a couple years ago, the Leafs are playing, like, like the Habs or something. And I'm sitting at the table here. And Andrew's friend is not really into hockey, but I have it on. He's just kind of – so I just ask, hey – What's the score? And he just, he kind of looks, he goes, uh, it's 1-3 red team. Oh. <laughs> but he just didn't know. He, just, he doesn't follow hockey, right? Fair, fair enough, I suppose. Oh, to finish off, two more I hate, free giveaway. Right, yep, yep. <laughs> An added bonus. Added bonus. I like these. These are really good. <laughs> As an added bonus, well, that's implied, but okay. Oh, yeah, no, that's, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, oh, I, I another, one more for sports, uh, one more sports-related one. 
And then the other one, uh, just uh, some other thing that just annoys me in general. But uh, instead of uh, saying sports, a lot of times you'll hear people say sport. Sport without an S at the end. Uh, I don't know why that one just really grinds my gears as well. And yeah, I guess I, I, it, there's there's probably proper times for each, but people do misuse it. Yeah, sport certainly is a more set, I guess, in like a, for European uh, soccer or sorry football, I guess in, in yeah. Europe. Uh, so sport is more of a thing over there. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely now a lot of people will say sport. No, it's sports. Grr. Anyway, and the <laughs> other one, uh, I'm, I'm I'm on a bit of a stare down. I mentioned uh, Mike Duong, uh, my former co-host on the Going for Broke podcast, uh, in my. Um, uh, talking about in my intro about how he helped to try to get this podcast back up and running. Right. And uh, we're at a, a current standoff right now. He sent like a video. Uh, actually, I'd love to know your opinion on, on what is too much, but he sent a video, which was like 20 minutes or so. And I was like, I cannot watch this video. Like no chance I'm watching this video. If it's for me, if it's longer than a, like a minute and a half, that's like my uh, capper point. So now I've sent him a couple funny videos that were like three minutes or so. And he's a, the standoff continues. He's, he's refusing to watch them essentially because I've refused to watch his 20 minute videos. Makes sense. I would do the exact same thing if I were him. Uh, but yeah, what's your capper? If someone sends you a video and it's over blank amount of time, uh, do you, when do you refuse to watch? Okay, first off, I agree with you. I'm not watching that video. No, no chance. It's no chance. Depends. You're a monster. You're a yeah, monster. If, if you have a video and you send a video to someone, you're an absolute monster. If it's 20 minutes or something like that, you are I, a monster. I agree. Now, if it's just something like, hey, this is funny. Take a look at this. You might engage my attention for 30 seconds but if it's sports related not sport related mm-hmm. uh i could probably watch a couple minutes worth depending on what the what it is like a big play or something like that sure and like yeah i'll see like twitter videos and yeah uh, you know it's, oh, this crazy thing happened or whatever or this uh, these cute animals which i love those ones by the way uh you know yeah sure 30 seconds fine a minute okay you're, you're testing my limits but fine and a minute and a half okay this better be damn good but then anything past that point, I'm like, nah, I can't do it. I can't do it. It's like a five minute video. Like, uh, for example, here's a good, here's a good example. Speaking of the live and or the uh, you know the presumed live PJ tour merger, Bryson DeChambeau had like a five minute video where apparently he uh, was on. I, I, I'm not. It might have been Fox or CNN. I'm not exactly sure what network it was. And he was talking uh, essentially, basically saying about 9/11, like. Uh, I think the gist of what people were telling me was he's essentially sort of saying like, yeah, it happened, like that's bad, but like let's move on type thing. But I didn't actually watch the video, so I couldn't even tell you. Maybe that's a legend. Maybe he didn't say that at all. But the point being, it was a five-minute video. I said, I can't watch this. Can't do it. Can't do it. Yeah, we're just, this way we're, even in our age now, we're just used to watching everything in bites, right? And anymore, I, it's not going to, I'm going to lose focus. And uh, it's a th- sort of ironic that, that uh, the, the service Quibi came on the scene and then, of course, the pandemic happened because Quibi, Quibi probably would have actually worked out had it not been a thing where people actually had all the time in the world to watch stuff then. Because, yes, Quick Bites, that's what Quibi stood for. Actually, what would have been a pretty yeah, good that was unfortunate. Thing. That was unfortunate timing. <laughs> yeah, it really, really was. Well, uh, this has been, uh, uh, unless you have anything else to add that drives you nuts, uh, amazing. Um, we can wrap this up here shortly. Do you have anything else or should we move on to uh, the last part? Hound Dog, this has been scintillating. Good word. <sighs> Dang, it's such a great word. It's funny you say that, word, and and uh, because I, I used to use that word all of the time doing a radio class in college, and so much so that the teacher was like, "Okay, you got to stop using that word." But I yeah, haven't used I, it. I think you told me that last time I was on. That's hilarious. Oh yeah, and I haven't used it in forever. And I was actually thinking, when can I work that word in? And I and I failed to oh, do and so I stole this episode. It. I stole it. Well, yeah. 
stole it sad but no it was uh that's an amazing word uh well i know obviously uh we'll close on this you're very musically inclined and you have a band uh any uh, exciting stuff going on uh, since we last talked oh um my uh original band jasper's mind melt we just uh last month we did our last recording session so now it just has to get um mixed down and mastered mm-hmm. um so hopefully you know an album comes out before the end of the summer that's the hope and then um since you asked my the cover band that i'm in we have a gig um on canada day playing at a resort at the bottom of uh shemong lake no we're, we're, <laughs> that sounds funny uh if you if you look on a map it looks like it's at the bottom we're not playing at the bottom of a lake <laughs> of shemong lake uh in the kawartha is there so uh, we've been there a few times it's always a good time so we're looking forward to it thanks well yeah that definitely will uh have to uh, next next time you're on have to maybe play a tune or a track or something along those lines and uh, maybe it'll be real good. Uh, but you know nice. what? You know what? The optics don't look so good uh, for for that to happen. You know. <laughs> you're just trying to trigger me. I'm not falling for it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you so much, Grant. It's been an awesome episode, and uh, thank you uh, again to Mike Stolarchuk for getting these uh, the, the dang uh, podcast equipment to work and actually able to, to do these again because they're so much fun. And uh, thanks for being on. Hey, thank you very much for having me. I'm looking forward to edit- editing. How, how do you say that? Editing? <laughs> editing. It's, it's it's not easy, right? If you're saying it, it quickly. It is not. Editing. Ed- oh, I'm sorry. Right? Editing. Fi- editing. I'll just say fixing it up. Fixing it up <laughs> to yes. your satisfaction. So thanks again for having me on. Awesome to be doing this again. And uh, take care. All right. Bang. Well, that was a blast getting back into the swing of things. Many thanks again to Mike Stolarchuk for fixing the podcast issue. Of course, Grant for being on the pod and editing it. And even Mike DeWong, even though we're in a standoff over those videos. Seriously, though, you can't send 20-minute videos to someone and expect them to watch it. Who else is with me on this one? Or am I alone in this? You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and yes, even TikTok, at HounddogHarrison, Hound OG Harrison. Yes, hell has frozen over with me actually being on TikTok. Maybe in a future pod, I'll discuss some changes I've made and things I've recently gotten into. Me? On TikTok? What has the world come to? Thanks again for listening to episode 92 of the H-Dog Pod. Meh. This has been the H-Dog Pod with your host, Michael Houndog Harrison. Okay, now welcome back on Grant Roberts, who's been on quite a few... What's going on? Was that a? Oh, was that not? A, that that wasn't wasn't intentional. What happened? Mm. It was just like you hear like uh, you I don't know moving something around or something like that. Oh oh oh! You know what? I, sorry, dude. I've um, I forgot the mics on my headphones, and I was untangling my headphones. Oh. <laughs> I forgot the mic is there for that. Sorry. <laughs> well, like I said, it's all good. That's this will be prime content for the end. Uh, oh, I'm an idiot. Okay, now welcome back on Grant Roberts, what? who's been on... I won't do that again. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I, I had a feeling you might do that.